0: If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy this message. Thank you, Lord. Well, let me just tell you this: the fear of man is a snare. Praise the Lord! I've decided to get rid of that. You know, I used to. Uh, I used to want to have an image of being respectable. And I still want to be respectable. I don't want to be wild, uh, just to be wild. But the reality is, if God, te- God can tell you to do things that if you obey him, they look weird to the outer man. But they bring such magnificent results. I remember John Osteen Joel Osteen's father, and uh, he was one of my favorite, favorite preachers, and uh, he, came, uh, he came to Rhema and when I was at school, and he said some of the biggest miracles he saw was from the smallest voices. The biggest miracles he saw was from the smallest voices, and if you remember uh, Elijah was hiding in a cave, and there was God, a, God came to him, and there was a fire, there was an earthquake, there was a wind, but God was in the still, small voice, and we need to be ready to hear the still, small voice of the Lord, and, um, but that's not what we're talking about today. Thank you, Jesus you know that we have to have a radical attraction to the Holy Spirit to live in freedom? Do you know we live in parallel worlds? We live in two worlds. We live in a natural world and we live in a spiritual world. We can't see the spiritual world, but the spiritual world actually, according to the scripture, is Eternal. You know, the chair that you live in is not going to be there forever. The house you live in is not going to be there forever. How many of you know your body is not going to be there forever? Don't matter how many vitamins you take, no matter how many push-ups you do, I can't even do a push-up. I mean, I don't even want to do a (laughs) push-up. You know, it doesn't matter how much, how well you eat, how, you know, eventually that body's going to quit. But the spirit man on the inside of that body is not going to quit. It is a spirit that lives forever and ever and ever. You know and I as I said last week God is the creator of all but he is not the father of all and it's those who receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal lord and savior again make him lord not just at the altar but throughout our lifetime we make Jesus Lord we hear Jesus said my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow so we make and we make a radical decision to hear the voice of God to hear the voice of Jesus to hear the voice of the spirit and he's not shaking the mountains like mount Sinai when he when he appeared to Moses but he is he is speaking in a still, small voice to us, and he is constantly leading us into triumph and victory. I wanted to say this, that uh, yesterday was the 4th, right? 4th of July. It was, we, we are, that, was, that is a celebration of a declaration. A celebration of a declaration. When they made that declaration, they were declaring, we are free from tyranny. But what happened after they made that declaration? There was a war. There was a, there was a militia of ragtag soldiers that went against the superpower of the eight, of, of that time. Say, with God, all things are possible. There is a, there is a uh, natural freedom. There is a spiritual freedom. The natural freedom is very, you know, it's not eternal. You know, people trying to take your freedom away today. And if you just waking up to it, it's been going on for a long time. It has been going on for a long time and you know we need to wake up to it. I, I like to tell people, not you, because you, you might think I'm mean. I like to tell people, wake up to reality. Wake up to reality. We're not living on Fantasy Island. How am I doing? (laughs) Anyway, the freedom that we enjoy today is trying to be eroded. When they made that declaration over 244 years ago, they were declaring we're going to be free from your tyranny. And there was a battle, there was a war fought after that to receive the liberty that we enjoy. But a lot of us don't think about it, but you know that they tried to get it, they tried to take it back about 30 years later. We got into a war with Britain again, though it's called the War of 1812. That's when the Star-Spangled Banner was written. Oh say can you see, by the dawn's early light, what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight, or the ramparts we watched, were so gallantly streaming. And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof to the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. Let me just say this. If we don't have the brave, we won't be the free come on, can I get a witness? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, here, you gone home. That's what Brother Hagin used to say to us. If we got too quiet, he'd say, "You here, you gone home. You know, to be honest with you, some people can be here physically, but gone home mentally. There, there has to be a song about that. There is. In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. (laughs) And ain't it just like a friend of mine to hit me from behind as I'm going to Carolina in my mind. That means they're here, but they're going somewhere else. So I hope you're with me today. So there was a declaration signed 244 years ago to declare that this nation was going to be a free nation. And again, I tell you that uh, there is a parallel between the spiritual world and the natural world. Jesus was also, but Jesus freed us, and that freedom is eternal. But we still have to declare it. The devil didn't give it, and the devil can't take it away. But you know, uh, I was remembering a story this morning. How many of you have ever heard of World War II? Well, do you know the Japanese, they, they occupied these islands throughout the Pacific, and you know that there was a soldier, a Japanese soldier, I believe they found him in 1960 something. And he still believed the war was going on and he was going to defend that island to the death. And they would not believe him that the war, uh, he wouldn't believe anybody that the war was over. They had to go get his commander personally to go and tell that Japanese soldier that the war was over. Well, how many of you know the war's over? You know, God's not fighting the devil. He's already defeated. But some of those, some of those uh, Japanese demons don't believe it, and so they still try to antagonize. But you're not at war with them because you have already overcome By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What is the testimony? It is a declaration of our independence. Can somebody say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Well, do you know when you receive a word from the Lord, whether it comes by Bible or whether it comes by sermon and you just get all excited about that sermon. Wow, pastor, that was a great sermon. And then you ask them next week, what did I preach about last week? I don't know, but it was good. <laughs> it was good. We shouted about it all the way home. Well, that's better than shouting at each other. How many, uh, We never shouted at each other. We didn't talk to each other, but we never shouted at each other. <laughs> Oh, boy, I could tell stories. Uh, you already heard them, but I know, you, you know, it doesn't matter if, they, if you heard them already, you, you enjoy them because I'm exposing myself. And, and well, you know what I mean. <laughs> boy, I could get in trouble with that one, huh? The war is over. Hallelujah. So anyway, in Matthew chapter 3, I'm just, I I don't think I'm going to read the scripture because I'll never get done. But, you know, Jesus goes to the Jordan River to be baptized of John. And he goes through this exchange with John. John wants to be baptized by him. And Jesus said, let's do it now to fulfill righteousness. Let's Let's show the pattern. Let's do what God wants us to do. Let's fulfill what God wants us to do. And so he baptizes Jesus, and when he he does that, the heavens open, and a voice comes, and the Spirit comes down with a voice that says, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, I just want to say this, with every... Word that comes, there is going to be a testing of the word. You know, even it talked about Joseph. Joseph received the dreams that his brothers and his parents were going to bow down before him, the sheaves, you know, the sheaves bow down before Joseph's sheaves. And the star, I think, the, uh, is the stars and moon, that sort of thing. They all bow down before him. But you know, in the psalm, it says the word of the Lord tested Joseph. Do you know that when you get a word, you could be tested? Thank you, Jesus. But you know what? If you endure temptation, there is blessing at the end of the temptation. There's, well, I mean, I don't like the word that you, that temptation is not the word. It's, there's blessing at the end of the test. There's blessing at the end of the test. I remember, I didn't happen to me very often, but I remember taking tests in grade school and, get, and, and passing them and getting good scores. I felt so good about it. I felt so good about it. You know, when you pass a test, you could feel good about it. I remember when I passed my driver's test. I felt good about it. Well, I don't think my dad did, but... Uh, I felt good about it. But Jesus received this word, came down from heaven. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the Bible says in, some, in one place, it says that the spirit drove Jesus, not in a car. It pushed him, drove him into the wilderness where he fasted 40 days and 40 nights And the Bible says he was hungry. It didn't say he was thirsty, so he must have been drinking water. I've heard of some people say, well, I'm on a liquid fast. I take my hamburger, I took my steak, and I throw it in the blender, and I, I, but I'm on a liquid fast. That's not the kind of fast Jesus did. Jesus ate no food, but he did drink water. But the Bible says that the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Anytime you receive a word from the Lord, you need to declare it and don't let anything you know the devil's not gonna show up at your door. The devil ain't gonna show I mean, you know, he's gonna send one of his imps. Maybe his third class. You know, maybe maybe if you're really good, he might send a second class. I don't know what army stuff is. A private, he might send a private he might send a corporal, and if you're really tough, he might even send a sergeant. But most of us here aren't going to get the devil himself. And if he did, the name of Jesus is higher than any other name. But there is a declaration made over your life of who you are. The Bible says you are sons of God. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And if you ever start declaring it and you ever start walking in it and you ever start believing it, and if you ever start acting like it, then you might get a knock at your door, but I found out you don't have to sign for the package. You know, they uh, they deliver packages here. Sometimes, some of them they just drop off. But some of them you have to sign for. But if you don't want it, don't sign for it. Well, I don't know unless I open the package. You need to think. Did I order something? You need to say. You know, shake it a little bit. Rattle it. Shake, rattle, and see if it is going to. But you know, don't take. Don't sign it until you check it out. How many of you know that sickness and disease is not a package from the Lord? Do you know that even poverty is not? You know, the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he adds, no, he didn't say the blessing of the Lord makes you like Donald Trump, a billionaire. That's the only guy I can think of right now. Anybody else? Who? Bill Gates, the blessing of the Lord makes you like Bill Gates, so I wouldn't even want to be that. Somebody said George Soros, I wouldn't want to be that either. Hallelujah. Should I get off get off of that subject? Okay. But the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he adds, I'm not trying to be political. I'm just I'm just talking about people with some money. He said, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. You know, uh, rich is a full and abundant supply to be able to meet your need and to be able to help somebody else. You know, it doesn't hurt to help other people. You know, uh, grandma and I, you know, we talk sometimes and um, she said, well, you might like this. And I said, grandma, I'm at the age where I'm not trying to get, I'm trying to give away. You might come over and say, Well, I'd like your, uh, I'd like this. And, I, and that's my choice. <laughs> who I wanna get, what I wanna give away, when I wanna give away, and who I wanna give it away to. And sometimes God tells me to give stuff away. Usually, when God tells me to give stuff away, it's stuff I don't wanna give away. <laughs> but, you know, it's a test. But I'm at the place where I'm not not looking to, you know, gain, gain, gain. I want to start give, give, give. You know, I still want to see miraculous signs and wonders and miracles, but I also want to see other people doing the signs and wonders and miracles. Jesus, when he was here, he did signs, wonders, and miracles, but then he taught his disciples how to do them, and then he sent them out to do it. Thank you, Jesus. What are we talking about? We're talking about when God speaks a word to us, we have got to declare it. Satan wants you to doubt your identity, just like he said to Jesus, if you are the son of God. There's no if to it. If God says you're the, if, you, if God says you're a son or a daughter of God, you are a son or a daughter of God. Well, you don't look like it. You don't act like it. You don't smell like it. It doesn't matter what God, what you think, what the devil thinks. It's what God says, and that's what counts. Well, if you were really a son of God, you'd look like this. If you were really a son of God, you'd act like this. If God says you're a son of God, start believing it, and then you will start acting like it. A lot of times we we want to doubt our way into heaven. Well, I never said that before. What do I mean? Well, you know, I know the Bible says this, but, man, that's just hard to believe. Just start believing it. Just start believing. Thank you, Jesus. The enemy is always trying to push us towards selfish motives. Towards selfish motives. He said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to be bread. Feed yourself. Jesus said, No. Man shall not live by bread alone. If God told, if God told him to eat, he'd ate. Satan always pushes you to prove yourself. I remember years ago, I was uh, teaching on uh, just healing, healing from the Bible. And there was this group that didn't believe in it, and they came over and invaded our Bible study and said, well, if you believe in healing, then just go into the hospital and clean it out. Do you know Jesus didn't go into the hospital and clean it out? You know that Jesus walked by sick people and left them sick. You know the man at the gate, beautiful, in Acts chapter 3, that Peter and John held, Jesus walked by him many times. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. And I can only do that if I can hear his voice. I need to start preaching over here. I can only do what I hear my father do. So I have to be able to hear his voice. And if I hear his voice, it gives me the faith to be able to do. You don't have to see what the enemy would try to do to me. I remember, uh, you know, if you're preaching healing, you better, you better see somebody healed every now and then. And so the pressure would come on me. You know, instead of feeling like man's God's, God's man of faith and power, I felt like God's man, man of paste and powder. You know, and, and I saw many failures, but I've also seen many victories. Somebody say, Oh, victory in Jesus. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. As a matter of fact, I uh, I saw well, we were still in the storefront. Donna, you remember the storefront? Remember the first time you walked in the storefront? Okay. So anyway, we were in the storefront, and uh, there was a there was a a young man that was in an accident, and they had to be lifeline to Hershey, and they they. Just to make a long story short, they said it didn't look good, didn't look like he's going to live. If he did live, he'd be a vegetable. And so, make a long story short, we prayed, God healed. I didn't even look at the kid, I didn't want to see it. But the mother, not long ago, says, He's doing fine. Doing fine. Hallelujah, I wonder, you know, the first person I prayed for died. She was getting ready to check out of the hospital. And I went in to see her, and so, uh, well, I said, well, I'll pray for you anyway. Like, like every good pastor, you know, you're there, you might as well pray for him. I went home, I got a phone call, and she was on life support. Well, that's a good track record. You get to where you start, people get sick, well, i pray for you. No, pastor, that's fine. <laughs> I'm feeling better already. <laughs> but I think about the, the failures that I had. If I would have quit, I wouldn't have seen the victories that I saw later on. And I'm, and I'm saying this for God's glory because it's not me. I can't heal anything. But Jesus sure can. I remember seeing Jesus for a lady I prayed five times, four times I prayed for her blind eye, and she was still blind. But the fifth time, somebody say number five. Number five, the sight came back. What if you quit the first time? What if you what if you let the devil question you? You start questioning yourself. Well, don't question don't allow him to get you to question yourself. Start thinking about Jesus. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus say? Jesus said go do this. He didn't say when to quit. He just said go do it. Thank you Jesus. Praise the Lord. What am I doing? Oh yeah. Do you know that every time you make a declaration and you know the battle comes just like just like the revolutionary war the British came back 29 years later. Try it again. Try it again. You know, after the temptation of Jesus and says in Luke, it says, Luke chapter 4, verse 13, it says, the devil left him and waited for a more opportune time. You know, Jesus wasn't just tempted in the wilderness. All throughout his ministry, when when Peter said, Lord, this will not happen... Uh, Jesus was telling him they were, he was going to go to the cross, and Peter says, this will not happen to you. Lord forbid, he rebuked Jesus, and Jesus said, right, get thee behind me, Satan. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, and they said, come down, Jesus, and we'll believe you. That was a temptation. Temptation. So the enemy tries to come back. Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16... It says, nevertheless, when, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. How many of you know that sometimes there's a veil? When you turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. It says, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. I started thinking about that. You know, we've, we've been a nation for 200 and, I guess, roughly 44 years from the Declaration of Independence. 244 years. And there was a lot of God, there was a lot of prayer. If, if, you, if we look at not secular history, but if we look at the true history of our nation, you see the hand of God. The British had George Washington and his army on an island. They were just going to row out there and get them. That's all they had to do. It's funny. As they prayed, a heavy fog came in. And old George gets in, his, gets in the rowboat and they row away. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. There's multitude, multitude, and multitude of many stories of how, of how God turned battles around. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So the Bible says again, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Think about this. You can't pray in school anymore. You can't read the Bible in school anymore. You can't make any public declarations in public about God anymore. What do you see then? You see liberty starting to erode away. You yeah, know, just because they say it don't mean you can't doesn't mean you have to stop. Prayer has never stopped in school. never. Because every time a test comes, them <laughs> students are praying, "Lord, help me!" <sighs> Come on. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Then he goes on to say, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. What is your liberty for? Your liberty is for you to be transformed into the image of Christ. And the more we are transformed into the image of Christ, the more liberty we enjoy. And not just, the, not just the outward liberty, but there is a liberty that we have in the Spirit. The fear of man is a snare, but if I have liberty in the Lord, I am not worried about the face of men. God spoke to Jeremiah and he said, do not be afraid of the faces of men. Don't be afraid of the faces of men. Don't be afraid of what others are going to say. I don't know if you know this or not, but people are already talking behind your back. They've been talking behind your back since grade school. Oh, I don't want people to think bad. it. They already do. I would rather please the Lord than I would rather please man. I'd rather say, Jesus, I want to please you. Scripture talks about, uh, you know, that there were Pharisees that believed in Jesus, but they didn't make it known because they were afraid of the rest of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were afraid of the Sanhedrin. The Bible says that they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. I would rather have God's praise than the praise of men. Hallelujah. But you know what? I found out that if we, if I get alone, if I get alone with God, I can shut off the outside voices and I can hear the praise of God. I can hear that he loves me. I can hear that He he is for me. Just like the song said, he's for us, not against us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. We don't have to be, we don't have to be afraid. We are trained transformed into the image of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 15, what happens when I'm transformed? When, you're trans, when you are transformed, you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Do you know fear brings you into bondage? Just like just like the other scriptures said, the fear of man is a trap. It is a snare. You remember that? Uh, some There was a sermon I preached. I don't even remember what it was, but it was so powerful. Remember that scandal on? See? And this is like back in the... Way, not in the storefront, but in the, in the fire hall. I think it was a... Oh, well, okay, when we first moved here. Well, that's like 100 years ago. <laughs> About scandalon. It's a baited trap. Fear is a baited trap. They're trying to get you to fall into a trap to where you be where you become entangled. And what it was, it was, a, it was a, a pit that was dug, it was covered over, and then they hung a piece of meat so that the prey would go for the meat and fall down into the trap. Well, a lot of times we try to go for and fear, we try to please everybody so much that we're going for that bait and we fall into the trap. But don't. But the scripture says that you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Hey, you've been pulled out of the pit. Don't go back in it. I remember. You know, there are some ser- Ooh. There are some sermon illustrations that just stick in your mind. I remember hearing a, an African American preacher. And he was talking about when God saves you, he brings you out of the sewer. And he cleans you up, and he puts you, put you on the sidewalk. But, you know, you're walking down the road, and you pass a manhole cover. You know what the manhole cover is? It goes down in the sewer. Well, you get a whiff of sewer gas. And so you, and you start going back. You're just like I, I mentioned a few weeks ago. Maybe last week, who knows when it was. My wife used to smoke four packs a day. I said, You're not marrying me, four packs, a day. you're not marrying me because I'm not going to wake up anyway. Well, she quit smoking. But every time somebody else would light up a cigarette, she was drawn. <laughs> she would smell, you know, and to be honest with you, the first light smells good to me. After that, it's terrible to me. but we but the fear of man pulls us back. God says, "I have delivered you out of that." He says, "You've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba Father." Again, Second Timothy chapter one. Verse seven, God's not given you the spirit of fear. So the spirit of fear is antagonistic against the spirit of adoption. God has legally adopted you, and this is what your titles are. You are wanted. Turn to somebody and say, You're wanted. Now turn to somebody and say, You can say the same person, but tell them, I'm wanted. Yeah, my picture's hanging down at the post office. (laughs) I'm so wanted. (laughs) I'm wanted. I'm chosen. I'm chosen. I'm not the one at the end of the, when the kids are picking their teams, I'm not the one at the end that say, oh, you take them. No, you take them. No, God says, I've chosen you. Jesus said, You didn't choose me, I chose you. You are chosen. Hallelujah. You are accepted. You're accepted in the beloved. Man, to tell you what, oh, I'd tell you a terrible story. I'm going to, thank you, Lord. In closing, (laughs) you are accepted, you are beloved, you are raised up, you are seated on a throne. The Bible says that Jesus was raised up far above. Say far above. above. All principality and power, where are you seated? With Christ in heavenly places, far above. Thank you, Lord. I have to yell so grandma can hear me. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Did you hear that, grandma? Okay. You've been given great authority. And you have been enlisted in the family business. You're in the family, you're in the business. What business is that? Whatever God tells you to do, you do. Whatever the Godfather tells you to do, the Godfather tells you to do, then you do. You make them an offer they can't refuse. You know, sometimes they do, but hallelujah. Father, we thank you that we declare that we're chosen. We declare that we're wanted, and we also realize that the imps might come around, but we still declare the victory we have in Jesus, our Savior forever. He sought us. He bought us with his redeeming blood. He loved us ere we knew him. And all our love is due him. He plunged us to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Must be time to go. The ladies are putting their stuff away. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, that's okay because I do that myself. (laughs) Melody, so what are you doing? I'm ready to go. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, we just bless your people. We thank you, Lord God, that they are victorious. We thank you that they're part of the family business. We thank you, Lord God, they're not rejects. They are accepted. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to ask the healing teams to come up.